Council's time. Great Bishop and the Council Roundup. Well, there's so much good debate last night. I uh, bit off a lot more than I think we can chew this morning, and it's all going to focus on the uh, sports complex because they had the developers there uh, answering questions from Springfield Aldermen, so a lot to get to here on the Council Roundup. Brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. The downtown location now open for lunch, Head West Subs. 712 in the capital city on the WMAY morning news feed. I'm Greg Bishop. Wake up every Wednesday morning, download the council meeting, and listen to it in double speed so I can give you the highlights on your way to work right here on WMAY. Let's start off with how well the city's finances are looking. Here is Treasurer Misty Busher for her Treasurer's Report. At the Treasurer's Report for the Corporate Fund for the month of April, the beginning balance is $19,734,868. We took in total receipts of nine million three hundred twenty-three thousand. $719. We had total disbursements in the month of April totaling $10,875,432, which left the corporate fund ending balance for the month of April at $18,183,155. That's a healthy corporate fund balance. $18 plus million. Wow. Um, so always good to hear those numbers. Uh, let's move on now into city business, where it looks like this thing's moving forward. Alderman debated for a good substantial amount of the hour and a half meeting last night about the uh, proposed sports complex. It's going to go down there at Legacy Point. That's the MacArthur extension to I-72 right there with Shields and uh, several restaurants and the hotel, well, they're going to be planning uh, some kind of sports complex there. It's been a discussion for months now. Uh, they're finally getting down to some of the final particulars. Here's the Corporation Council, the city's attorney, Jim Zirkel, last night about the status. Uh, the agreement is in, uh, excuse me, is in final form so far as the various issues, so there are no amendments required. I think we had talked about it briefly, I think, at the uh, perhaps at the last meeting or before. So it is in final form and it's ready to go forward for debate or, or action at the pleasure of the council. No further adjustments at this time. That is correct. Any, any amendments can be done through a floor amendment. Thank you. So Alderman Redpath there at the end, and he did say that he plans on bringing back uh, some amendments when they uh, ultimately move this forward next week because they did, after debate, they put it on debate agenda. So we'll talk about this again next week as well. But Alderman Hanauer, we talked with him yesterday. He had some questions and some concerns, especially about the phases, because there's going to be phase one and then phase two. And I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about that. Um, what it does is it puts both the city and the developer in a tough situation. What could happen ultimately when you have two different phases, one focusing on first building the outdoor component with the baseball diamonds and the soccer fields, and then coming back a few years later to build the indoor sporting complex, uh, there's a lot of concern as to what could ultimately happen. Here's Alderman Hanauer. You know, the developer could walk away just like the city could. Um, I think that either one of two things need need to happen. We we do a one-phased approach, or we do a, a, an approach to where um, the the city cannot back out of it. Future councils cannot back out of it, and or uh, if the developer, we have to protect ourselves to where if that second phase, which is the according to this, is the all the indoor part, which to me that's what makes this thing. 
huge, an, an eight field, um, eight multi-purpose field um, uh, park is not that big of a park. We've got, there's, there's, they're all, they're around and it, it, it wouldn't make that any more special to bring people in. Now, we had uh, some people from the developments last night at the council and on phone answering all kinds of questions, and they talked about the money involved. They talked about how much the city's going to be having to pay in their tax revenues and how much overall costs going to be, timelines, and so on. Here's one of the developers. Dirk McCormick, and I'm with Legacy Park Sports, LLC. All right. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. And uh, he talks about uh, the different phases. First, let's start with the outdoor phase. The average outdoor complex loses $585,000 a year before interest, reserves for replacement, uh, and I'm missing one other thing that's uh, oh, property tax. So they lose money by design. Yikes. Uh, for the outdoor stuff, they lose money. Um, what about the, uh, the other phase? Uh, what about the, the, the indoor phase? The indoor complex um, does actually make money on average. Uh, they make about $640,000. If you combine the two, they lose $55,000 before all of those things. Oh. That's why we're here, because that's who we're competing with. So our pricing model will cause us to have minimal profit, uh, so we can't cover those expenses. Uh, so, I mean, it, at least what he said there, it, it sounds like it's like a break-even type of operation. Uh, but this is going to be a, a, a private-public partnership. Uh, what's the bottom line here? Here's Derek from the development. Springfield, Illinois, a sports tourism complex without any financial risk to the city, uh, and with them contributing up to half of the cost through tax revenues that are being generated through, through the complex. So a lot of that tax revenue uh, will be realized, they say, when the first phase happens. Um, but which is better? Should we go with phase one first with the outdoor, or should we go with phase two with the indoor first? Which, which is better uh, to move forward with? We've gone with the outdoor because actually you get your biggest bang for your buck for economic activity through the outdoor, not through the indoor. That's because there's a lot of baseball players on the team. There's a lot of soccer players on the team. When you have these tournaments, yeah, it's going to bring some heads and beds. Uh, what's the city going to give ultimately? We get a portion of the increase in sales tax. We get a portion of the hotel motel tax, which I think someone from the Springfield Hotel and Lodging Association is here to address that. Uh, we've asked for a property tax freeze on the city's portion, and we've asked for an extension of the business district uh, going forward. So that's what the city's ultimate exposure is going to be. We'll hear from Alderman coming up next. Alderwoman Conley, Alderman Donnellan, uh, Donnelly, rather, uh, Donnellan, uh, Alderwoman DeCenso, uh, Alderman Hanauer, uh, Alderman Redpath, Alderman Gregory, all of that on the way here with the WMAY Morning News Feed. This is the Council Roundup, uh, only on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Council Roundup each and every Wednesday, a review and highlights of last night's Springfield City Council meeting and a lot of detail about the
proposed sports complex, and Alderman had a lot of questions. We've heard concern from Alderman Hanauer about the possibility of having two phases. You'd rather want to see that just in one phase so that uh, halfway through they don't just walk away and each side is left holding something. Uh, but Alderwoman Conley has some uh, questions and uh, really focusing on the costs to the city and the overall cost of the project. So you're talking about, when you're talking about impact to the city, you're talking about hotel seats, hotel beds, people going to restaurants, right. that sort of yes. revenue. She continues with, uh, you know, more about uh, the overall costs and uh, this project. It's uh, tens of millions of dollars. Is the two hundred fifty thousand dollars that the city is on the hook for for ongoing maintenance? Um, is that for the entire project? Is that just for phase one? That's for phase one. And what are you maintaining for $500,000 a year? Most of that money, if not all that money, will likely go to reserves for replacement, primarily the turf. How often does a turf field have to be replaced? Typically 12 to 15 years. So the city would be on the hook for $250,000 a year, uh, and that would be matched 50-50 by the uh, management company of the sports complex for a total of half a million dollars a year. And he says that'll be put into reserves to help with maintenance and upkeep. Uh, overall, though, how much are we talking here? How much is the city uh, going to put in? How much did the project cost? My understanding was that it was like a $65 million project for the entire deal. Yes. So what are you envisioning coming back to ask the city for, for phase two? Well, t today we're, we're, we're looking at a $41 million project, so we're looking at $24 million, but clearly that's going to be something we're going to have to come back and say this is, just like what we're doing for phase one, we're coming back before we close on financing and, and everything goes into effect here. We're coming back to you with a complete package of what the exact cost is for everything, what it is uh, we're getting in the way of our financing package. And so you're reviewing all that, and we'll be doing the exact same thing for phase two. So what do you anticipate phase two will cost? $24 million is the number we're looking at today, I believe. Is that the total cost, or is that the cost to the city? That's No, that's the total cost. It's, it, the, the number of $65 million for the, for the project total hasn't, hasn't ever actually changed. She uh, also gives a little bit of a math lesson last night, Alderwoman Conley. I have not done high school math for a while, but I think 60 million for phase one and 24 million for phase two is a little more than 65 million. So, so I just need some clarification on that. So we may get some more uh, numbers thrown at us uh, if you're not confused already. Um, let's uh, talk with uh, another one of the uh, developers here. Uh, his name's Steve. My name is Steve Luker. I'm also part of the development team. So in the study that SFA did, you got all those copies. You got the exhibits. Um, $66 million was the construction cost. That's to build it. Did not include land. Did not include the reserves. So $66 million is what it costs to construct it. So when you say what is going to be doing, in the exhibits that you have, um, so that's uh, that's a lot of money, though. I mean, that's uh, that's out there. What about the second phase of construction? You got two phases going on. What's the total number for how much it's going to cost to construct? Uh, uh, the outdoor was um, 36 million. The indoor was 28 million. Construction only. That's not interest. That's not land. That's not anything. That's in the study that we are basing this off of. Right. Alderman DeCenso really wants to get down to the bottom line. 
What are taxpayers in the city going to be on the hook for? What is the bottom line? What is the city paying for? Total. Whatever the incentives produce through the hotel motel tax and the uh, incremental increase in the sales tax at Legacy, whatever those produce up to a maximum of 50% of the total cost. That includes the construction, the land, everything. So if the total bill is $80 million with interest and everything else, the most that the city could put in is $40 million. If the incentives produce less than that, the city isn't on the hook for the shortfall. The developer is. More from the developer, Steve. The phasing is going to happen is we're going to do the outdoor first. It's going to produce so much. It's going to get the tax incentives up. So it's going to get the hotel motel rooms. And then we're going to come back with the indoor. Now, what's the spread on the outdoor versus the indoor and, uh, you know, the, the cost benefit here? The outdoor is 60% of the cost, but 70% of the economic impact will be, will uh-huh. be. It's just, it's pure facts. The baseball teams have more players. Soccer teams have more players, so on and so forth. Right, okay. Makes sense. Uh, Alderman Donlin uh, has more questions as well. Is it is it less expensive of a project if you did it all at once and didn't, quote, phase it in, have to come back into council again and so on? I, I don't, I, you're going to put a cap number that's going to be there. So the cap, you're going to be in the neighborhood regardless. Any more questions? What's the reason the developer, what, when you come back for phase two to the city, what will you be asking for? Will it be, in essence, a, an amendment to the development agreement? Uh, if the cap's going to be the same, what do you ask? The cap for? will not be the same from what you're capping it today at a much lower number by phasing it. You're only capping it for phase one which is capped at the $36 million, I think, is what the number is. So that's uh, for phase one, uh, that's the cap. But uh, ultimately, uh, he said that the cap is what the city's obligations Truly, the cap is whatever the incentives produce. So if the incentives don't produce, then, well, it's not really out of the... Out of the realm of possibility that uh, they're just not going to get that much money. But if the incentives do produce and they build the outdoor and it drives all kinds of hotel stays, then you're going to see increased money and then that's going to help out the development, uh, possibly even show signifying what could happen with the second phase. Uh, So the developers continue last night uh, going back and forth with Alderman. Here's another. If the outdoor covers all the outdoor cost, and we think it will, plus the hotels and what's kicking in from the city side, we're going to come back to the city and say, here's where we're at. Yes, I mean, we fully expect that we'll be able to build both first phase and second phase. Alderwoman uh, Conley, continuing with more questions. It goes under, you've got the, the outdoor portion has been completed. Okay. Um, and maybe you decide, you know what, this is not making the money we thought it would. We're not going to do phase two and we're out. What happens to that then? The incentives stop. City's still at no risk. Who owns the property then? Um, probably the bank. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's good to, to ask those kind of, if this thing has a fatal flaw and it just doesn't go anywhere, what happens? Well, city's not going to have to pay out incentives. But our city's visitors will still be paying that tax, I believe. Uh, the increased motel, hotel tax. Um, what about uh, the property? Well, uh, the bank would likely take it. So, uh, all the women to send so? We don't know who's going to be sitting in these seats in okay. two years. And we want to make sure that if we're going to vote on something of this magnitude, that it is it comes to completion. So I think that's the big fear in the phased approach. 
We'll hear more about that uh, from Alderman Hanauer. He uh, he laid out there a lot of arguments uh, about this in an effort to really hammer the point of making sure that the city and the developers don't get left holding something that's just not going to work. Uh, so we'll hear from uh, Alderman Hanauer uh, coming up. Also, we'll hear from Alderman Gregory, uh, Alderman Redpath, and more right here with the Council Roundup on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Still a ton more debates about last night's city council with the discussion about the sports complex there uh, by Shields Legacy Points. It's the proposal. It's been around for uh, several months, and they finally got some uh, some terms together that are going to be finalized, though they may still change when it comes up for final passage next week. It is the WMAY Morning News Feed, 740 now in the capital city. I'm Greg Bishop. Council Roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Their downtown location now open for lunch. Alderman Ralph Hanauer, we talked with him yesterday uh, about this issue, but he also uh, went into depth about his concerns last night. Here he is talking about how important it is that uh, taxpayers know every dollar that's going to be involved here, especially if they're the ones that are going to be giving money to this complex. Here's Alderman Hanauer last night. One agreement, so we know what what our dang costs are. We got this is according to this agreement, we don't know what our costs are going to be overall. If we go to the two phase or, you know, build both uh, $250,000 a year from the city only on phase one. No, no, I, I can't vote for that. I'll go 250 for the whole for if both phases are done, but not not come back and say, well, we need another 250. So there's another, there's a half a million we're paying? No. We need to know, and our constituents deserve to know what we are getting, how much it's going to cost them from start to finish. We need one phase. So we have all those numbers, interest, everything. You know, it's it's like buying a car and then coming back, say, well, we're going to buy the wheels. Got to buy the wheels separate, but we don't know what that cost is going to be. And if this shuts down after phase one, we, we've spent money on turf and everything out there that goes to nothing. It has to be a two-phase, it has to be a single-phased approach. Okay. And we gotta know all the numbers. None of this cat and mouse game. It's gotta be, we gotta know the numbers. We owe it to, our, to the city and our constituents that, that they know what we're spending overall. Well, overall, I think what they're going to be spending is half the project, whatever that number ultimately comes out to be. Here's the developer. You've got to come back each time and tell you exactly what we're building and what it's going to cost before we ever start a project out there. So you know exactly what we're building, what it's going to cost, and the schedule we're going to keep. So, uh, again, he outlines why uh, they need to come back uh, to the city council. We'll come back with the final design of this thing and say, here's what it is. And you guys have the choice right then or there. If you're not happy with what we're building or designing or anything else, say no thank you. We don't want to give you the incentives for that. <clears throat> Meanwhile, uh, more about the, uh, the phases here. There's not necessarily a right or wrong answer for, you know, in totality. It's more for what the appetite of the public entity and the public-private partnership looks like. That's Which do you go with first, the outdoor or the indoor first? Why the outdoor first, the developer on the phone? We would recommend the ones that have been successful phasing have taken the approach of doing the outdoor first. 
Um, and there's a number of reasons, uh, you know, a lot of that, there's more impact driven by outdoor complexes, more room nights. And quite candidly, from, from an appearance standpoint and from your residents and people who see it and see the activity, there's also the piece of when an outdoor complex is filled, there's more people in the community. And visibility-wise, you drive by that complex and you say, man, look how full that is. <laughs> Alderman Gregory has a question about the uh, how this deal's going to be ultimately uh, organized. It's a, it's a public-private partnership. But ultimately, I mean, how does that work in the grand scheme of things and compared to how other sports complexes are operated around the country? No, but my question is, is, is this, this one we're, we're saying is unique from what, what you have normally built across the country with um, participation from, from local government. So why is this one, you know, different? I, I understand that they, you know, we often, governments often get involved because they're not real money makers. So... Okay, thank you. So it sounds like what, what's the typical structure around the country in terms of public-private partnerships? Right. What does that look like? Here he is, uh, the developer on the phone. Return on investment never comes from the operations of these facilities. Um, it simply doesn't. They don't operate like that. You know, there's, there's a number of examples around the country that break even operationally, some of the most successful venues. But even that does not include the debt payment to, to, to support the facility. That's just breaking even on operations. Um, and, and so I would say a majority of our projects that we work with, we, are, we act on behalf of the public entity. So they fund the complex, they build and own the complex. We operate it on their behalf, but typically out of a public operating account in terms of what's funding those operations. More on what uh, makes Springfield unique in this agreement from the developer. This is actually a very different model than what's typically out there, and quite candidly, a very public-friendly deal in terms of the structuring and financing of it. So Alderman Donlin has uh, more questions as well, Uh, and in particular, he's uh, sticking to this idea of uh, splitting this into two phases and having the developers come back for the second phase eventually. Liking it to a a TV series, you know, we're we're looking at for you to, we want to invest in the whole season, not come back every episode. (laughs) Right. Could you imagine? Who wants to do that? Uh, no, we, we want to see a pilot episode, which I would imagine is like, hey, look at Sandusky. And then uh, you like that, then you move forward, you buy the whole thing. Uh, so uh, moving on, here's uh, Alderman Hanauer with more uh, questions. But I think we need one agreement for the whole project. Um, I think it does save the city money because you've been negotiating for how long, and I'm sure Mr. Hortzman isn't doing it for the for free, and, you know, uh, right. Good point. And I'm sure that, that, that uh, Martin Engineering isn't doing right. their engineering uh, for free. That's a, that's a good point. So uh, splitting this up, there's definitely uh, going to be more money involved, period. Uh, he also laid out a date that uh, the contract says that uh, the, the project has to be completed by. Completed by December 31st of 2022. December 31st of 2022 that's what like a year and a half or so right 2022 december all right uh is that possible are you concerned about that date how much longer is going to get us to have to do a developer's agreement signed off on is we can't get started until that gets done we have six months probably to get everything put in place then we'd start construction we all know the weather is going to be a variable here so yes so if they approve this next week then they can move forward and start getting all the pieces in place uh the developer on the phone 
um, that is uh, that is going pedal to the metal, um, and and you know part of that will come down to permitting process and timelines, making sure we go through there, but. I believe that that is certainly achievable. So December 31st, 2022, to get the first phase done. Alderman Redpath uh, indicating that uh, he's going to be eyeing some changes to this whole agreement next week. plan on bringing some amendments to it next week, and I really think it's important that everybody go thoroughly through this thing and, and decide on uh, where we're going. We talked about why there's been a bit of a delay here in getting all this together. Uh, uh, that may be some of the delay because we weren't really sure that we were going to be subjected to part of the interest payments and that kind of thing. So that that was that was uh, that was new to us. But now we understand the projects and we understand we got to make a decision if we want it to go one or two phases. I don't think that we should be submitting the full amount of money into phase one unless we know that phase two is definitely going to come. And I know that we've talked about that. So we got we got to wind this thing up. The mayor uh, finally getting a chance to sound off at last night's Committee of the Whole during the Springfield City Council meeting, talking about the proposal. You asked why the uh, increase of the amount? Interest. Right. And what's our interest just for phase one? Mm -hmm. If you finance it today, this is very important because rates are at an all-time low. Right. So if you were able to go out and get it today, I think it was based on 6% interest and what was the city's portion on phase one alone. So half of the cost, really, is what uh, phase one and two, uh, and uh, some of that cost being generated by increased hotel motel tax and uh, siphoning off a portion of the sales tax in that region, feeding into this project, this private-public partnership. Um, but uh, the mayor also said that, you know, really the 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 vote that's going to happen next week is going to give the developers the direction they need. Where they need to know what our commitment is, so then they can approach Shields, they can know, uh, approach the private investors to see if they can raise the money. But the uh, benefit for the financing is the hotel motel, because that's generated now. It's being generated as we speak, once it's in place. And so uh, that will help them get the financing sooner rather than later. So when the costs come down to it, he says you need to get some things locked in, get interest rates locked in, because you're going to possibly see inflation down the road. Because you have American Rescue Plan dollars, you have all these incentives coming, and if people think that there's not going to be a slug of work out there, and uh, the price will go up, because people are hungry now for projects. But once you start getting the road projects and everything else coming, uh, it's going to. I think the price is going to go up, personally. I mean, you see it with the housing market right now. Look at the price of housing. It's gone up. But doesn't that also bolster the uh, idea of just doing one phase here instead of two different phases? Uh, so a lot of uh, intricate uh, ins and outs when it comes to this agreement. So you're going to be hearing about this again next week, uh, especially when it comes to any kind of uh, amendments there may be. So that's the uh, conversation about the sports complex uh, here with the council roundup. I did want to take a moment here and uh, highlight another bit from last night. Uh, someone uh, is being recognized for their work at uh, last night's Springfield City Council meeting. But the other item is uh, Bonnie Drew wanted to come up and address the council if she could. All right. So uh, here's Bonnie at the podium talking to Alderman. And I would be remiss not to mention Judy Madonia. She, 30 years ago, gave me the opportunity to start work in the treasurer's office. And I remember every morning I would hear a clip pop coming down the hallway. Good morning, Bonnie. Mayor Langfelder <laughs> would greet me almost every morning. And it's so surreal that 30 years later I'm retiring on a Mayor Langfelder. Thank you. Wow. wow. <laughs> 
30 years retiring uh, under Mayor Jim Langfelder. Uh, and uh, <laughs> right after the applause, Alderwoman Desenso. And your dad told you to fire her. <laughs> yeah, thank you for remembering that. What? <laughs> the mayor's father, who used to be mayor as well, told the mayor to fire Bonnie Drew. Oh, that's funny. Here's a bit of that story. Bonnie was going to run for treasurer. I told her when I was elected, I was glad she didn't run because it's hard to run against somebody in the office. But she was the deputy treasurer at that time. And, <laughs> and then his dad, uh, when he uh, you know won in, in the treasurer's office uh, previously in a different uh, office that he held, uh, the mayor said that his father, who used to be mayor, uh, gave some suggestions. <laughs> Uh, my father said, well, you need to get rid of her. You you know, can't trust uh, you know, individuals that work against you. And that's just uh, not how we're carved out. So gave her the benefit of the doubt. And lo and behold, she proved herself. And uh, she st- stuck with me. And I appreciate all the great work she's done to serve the citizens of Springfield. That's what it's all about. That's such a cool story, right? I mean... <laughs> He, he essentially did not take his father's advice and kept uh, Bonnie Drew on, and uh, she did uh, a lot of great work for the city. So, uh, incredible story. Congratulations, Bonnie. That's, uh, that's uh, awesome. Uh, 30 years in one place. That's quite the feat, for sure. Um, last night, they did have a citizen address the council about uh, the Adams patio, the Adams family patio, which the mayor last week announced he's changing uh, direction and uh, looking to get parklets instead. Uh, and the individual uh, addressing the council talked about uh, the importance of the downtown patio for those struggling musicians who really haven't been able to do what they do best, and that's to play to a crowd for tips. Uh, but the mayor, uh, he talked about uh, what his plans are moving forward and uh, what uh, ultimately they're doing downtown on Adams Street. You know, everybody should understand during a pandemic, that's a time for respect and understanding. And unfortunately, I think uh, what's happened is people look at it under their own viewpoint, not you, I'm not talking about you, but in general. How do we? Uh, how are we successful, especially with downtown? He talks about the other businesses on Adams Street that may be impacted by street closures. The ones being impacted, you mentioned J.P. Kelly's, and there's others down the street, and there's arguments going back and forth what their impact is. Well, uh, we'll be able to prove that uh, because it will be in the data that we collect. Because right now we're allowing Buzz Bomb and that portion of Adams Street to remain closed. It'll probably be for at least a month, if not longer. It depends when they get the parklets in. So J.P. Kelly's can monitor how much foot traffic, how much business they get. And then when we install the parklets and we open up the street, then you would be able to tell what activity they have. But in the meantime, music can go on. He did uh, suggest uh, to maybe uh, have music in one particular direction uh, instead of where it currently is being held. So you're going to see some things down there change a bit. But ultimately, the mayor saying that we all have a common goal to make downtown thrive. And then uh, we'll see what happens after that once the parklets are put in place. And then every Sunday, they will be uh, able to set up that venue uh, that they so choose. And we'll see uh, what we want is all of downtown thriving and working together to make that uh, environment that everybody wants. And that's your council roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west.